Thank you for listening to our midweek service from Christian Ministry Church. We're praying that this message blesses, encourages, and equips you to build the kingdom of God. And now a message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, I want to welcome you to uh, part two of our Wilderness to Blessing. Turn to Numbers chapter 13. Too much of our life is lived in what we call the wilderness. We just live unhappy. We're, I mean, we're just, we're existing. We're going through the motions. We're just like they were in the Old Testament, going around that mountain, just going around that mountain. You're alive. You're eating. You're taking care of the kids, and you're doing the, feeding the dog, and you're, there's no happiness, no joy, not, not, and it's sad. It said God created us and God provided for us. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundant. And it's just sad that people are unhappy. It's sad that they're miserable. Uh, my goodness, the, the amount of young people that are on all kinds of anxiety medicines and just, what's the matter? I don't know. I mean, this is not the God kind of life. God provided for us a great, great life, yet very few seem to enjoy life. Very few enjoy their marriage, enjoy their job, really enjoy their church, enjoy their kids' school, just enjoy life. Is your kid's school perfect? Far from it. But what a blessing, what a joy it is to have our kids in a wonderful environment, a safe environment. Is your marriage perfect? Well, far from it, except for my wife. But I mean, is your marriage perfect? Far, far from it. But it, my goodness, isn't this a wonderful thing? It's a, we're blessed. It, it's a wonderful neighborhood we live in. I mean, we... we we just got to get a hold of what enjoying life is all about. And, and just, I mean, it grieves me that God's kids are unhappy, miserable, worried, bitter, angry. That grieves me. In part one last week, we saw how the Old Testament life lived under the Old Covenant was a natural physical example, it was a blueprint of life and how it's to be lived in the realm of the Spirit in the New Covenant. We saw mirrored in Exodus, Moses delivering God's kids from slavery in Egypt, how that mirrors Jesus bringing deliverance, delivering God's kids from slavery to sin. And it's just a mirror of how that happens. And it's amazing, last week we compared Exodus chapter 3 and Romans chapter 7. They, they just mirror each other. We looked at Exodus chapter 12 and, uh, and Romans chapter 7, how they, they mirror each other. We compared Numbers chapter 13 with Colossians chapter 3. Uh, anyway, I can't go back. If you missed last week, go back, listen to the podcast. You have to hear what we talked about. And we ended last week with Joshua in chapter 18, verse 3. How long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord has given you? Now, now how long are you going to be unhappy? How long are you going to be miserable? How, 
I mean, I hate it for you, but how long are you going to wallow in that? How long are you going to wallow in what happened to you years ago, what somebody did? How, how, how long are you going to do this? And this is the question for us today. How long are you going to just continue to play that violin and just woe is me? Joshua chapter 3 lists those that have to be driven out to possess the land. And, and we talked about the fact that in our life, there are giants. There are giants that we face that you're going to have to drive out for you to possess to be happy. You, you're going to have to drive that out of your life. You've you got to get that out. Colossians, Ephesians, Romans, there are lists of things or giants in our life that have to be driven out. Uh, greed, sexual immorality, fear, lust, impurity, rage, malicious behavior, anger. These, these things have just got to be driven out. And, and you don't pray about them, you drive them out. You, you get them out of your life. All right, we got to move on, we got to move on. The angel of death passed over those who had applied the blood of a spotless lamb to the doorpost. Moses led them out of slavery. He led the spies into and went over to look at God's promises. Numbers chapter 13. Let's look at this. Here is their response. Verse 25. After Moses sent them in, okay, y'all check this out. Here is the land that God is he's given us. All right. Chapter 13, verse 25 of Numbers. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses and Aaron, the whole community of Israel at Kadesh, the wilderness of Param. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report. We entered the land that you sent us to explore. My goodness, it is indeed bountiful. Man, we went to church, we checked it out, and those people were happy. They were dancing. I'm telling you, it is, we checked it out, and it's great. Land flowing with milk and honey. Here is a kind of fruit that it produces. Oh, boy. Verse 28, but the people there are powerful. Their towns are, okay, well, ho, ho. Now, remember, they're telling the people that saw the rod become a snake in the river, turn to blood. I mean, remember all the miracles they, they got out. Here comes Pharaoh and his army. They saw the sea parted. They walked across on dry land. The sea came back, drowned there. Now, these are those people. Yeah, it was rough. Man, we saw giants there, descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Geb, the Hittites, the Jezebites, the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. Now, like Caleb, he, this is all he can stand. He jumps up in the middle of this report and tries to quiet. Y'all, stop all of this. What in the world are you talking about? Let's go at once. Let's go in at once and take the land. We can certainly conquer this. Oh, but the other men who had explored the land with him, they disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. 
The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. Even this, we saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Now, as we read this, it's so easy for us to say, are you kidding me, you bunch of boneheads? Are you, you, are you serious? See, it's easy for us to read that. Look what God did for y'all. Look at all the miracles. Look at how powerful God is. And that's, see, that is easy. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, Tim, my kids, my, well, Tim, my dog, my, t see, okay, hold on. Why is it easy for us to read and look at this and just shake our head in bewilderment, but yet turn right around. And what is, hey man, how's it going? Oh, it's bad. You know, God's got a great life for you. Yeah, but you don't understand my boss. I tell you, you don't understand where I work. Boy, I'm telling you. See, 12 went in, and I want you to get the percentage here. 10 were intimidated. Now, and I want you to write this down. By the facts and the task ahead. I, I want to make sure that you understand that I'm not covering up the facts. I'm not sweeping them under the carpet. Joshua and Caleb didn't ignore the facts. They didn't ignore the doctor's report. They didn't ignore your bank statement. They didn't ignore what's going on in your family right now. They, did, they didn't ignore that. They just had a different perspective. And it, this is the way that we view life. And we got to see this. You, it, it, you, just you. I'm just talking to you sitting right there. You think it's your case and your situation. See, I can't be happy because of my situation. But now everybody else can. See, I, we see our situation different. Well, you don't know my husband. Well, you don't know my kid's school teacher. Well, if you had my kid's teacher, well, you don't understand. what we, we, Now, we can't believe what we're reading here in Numbers chapter 13. But the reason I can't be happy today, let me tell you what happened today, and I can't be happy. I can't, see, I get it. That did happen to you. I, I'm not saying it didn't. There are huge giants in the land. There were descendants of Enoch there. But Caleb said, let's go get it at once. He had, and the Bible said, a different spirit in him. He was able to view the facts differently. Now, here's what I want you to see. This is the way 10 out of 12 people view life. This, this is the way 10 out of 12 people, if you get 12 and you line 12 people up, 10 of them, here's the way they're going to see life. And they live their entire life broke, miserable, unhappy, jerked up over their kids. Their entire life, they're jerked up over their kids' school teacher. 
this year, then next year, then the next. It's always a pro. They're going to live their life. Their life is miserable because of what happened to their kid on the playground two weeks ago. And they're still upset about it. Their, their life is upset because of their, boy, we are just, I mean, this president, this administration, I mean, how can anybody be happy with it? See, because your giant is overwhelming you right now. And, and I want you to see this. Yeah, but Tim, my situation, and everybody wants to keep telling me about the size of their giant, and I get it. That's the response of 10 out of 12 people. That's the response of 10 out of 12 people. And this view causes a way of thinking. Verse 31. The other men who had explored the land with them disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. I just coined this because we got all kinds of disorders and complexes today. They got this disorder. They've been diagnosed with this disorder. They, I'm going to diagnose this as a grasshopper complex. They got a grasshopper complex disorder. Now, Joshua and Caleb, and I'm, I'm just beating the same horse over and over and over. Joshua and Caleb, and I want to keep saying this saw the very same set of facts. See, Joshua and Caleb's kid was in the very same teacher's room as your kid. See, Joshua and Caleb's kid had the very same thing happen on the playground. See, Joshua and Caleb have the very same boss you got. See, they saw the identical, they saw the same fortified cities, they saw the same giants, they saw the very same thing. What was the difference? The difference was their evaluation and their conclusion. Let's go get it. I'm going to be happy anyway. I'm going, I'm going to be happy anyway. But Tim, look what just happened. I'm going to be happy anyway. I, I'm just going to be happy anyway today. I hate that. That's sad for you. I'm going to be happy anyway. See, their conclusion, what their evaluation was led to a conclusion. And in our life, you have a conclusion about why you're unhappy, why you got a bad marriage, why you're lonely, why you're miserable, why you're angry, why you're jerked up, and here I can put a name and I can identify it. See, it's giants. As a matter of fact, they're descendants of Enoch. See, I can identify for you why I can't be happy. I want you to know there's just two ways of looking at the exact same facts. There just is. I'm going to ask, do you have a grasshopper complex? Are your situations and your circumstances, are, are, are they big? Are they fortified? And is that the reason you can't have just a great day today? Now, Here's what's clear. It's not your situation that's keeping you from living blessed. It's your observation and analysis of your situation. And I want you to know this. It is always easier to see the giants 
That's why 10 out of 12 focus on the giant. It's always easier to see the giant. It's always easier to see the trouble. It, it, there, there is always the giant there, and the giant is always easier to see. That's why 10 out of 12 have a grasshopper complex. Well, I got a vaccine. Everybody wants a pill. Everybody wants a vaccine. I got a vaccine for the grasshopper complex. It's hearing the word. And when you inject the word and you inject the word and you inject the word, what happens is it produces faith. It produces faith. I have a sinus infection. I'm running a fever. It's getting me down. I'm going to go get an injection. I'm going to go get a steroid injection, and it's going to kill that infection out of my body, and I'm going to come out of that thing. Right now, this thing's running me down. My situation at work, my situation here at home, my, this is running me down. i got to get an injection of the Word. I'm going to pump myself with the Word. I'm going to pump myself with the Word, and that kills the infection out of your system that is infecting all of your thinking. I, I wish I would move on. That's a long introduction. What I'm going to talk about is four characteristics of the grasshopper complex. Now, here's four characteristics. In case you don't know you got the grasshopper complex, there's four characteristics. Number one, a doubting heart. A doubting heart. Even though we're reading about God's kids... Even though we're reading about people who personally experienced the move of God, even though we're talking about people who with their own eyes saw water come out of a rock and manna come out of, they saw with their own eyes this, all they can see is this is not working because they got a doubting heart. They got a doubting heart. I want to ask you, you hear faith? You hear about being an overcomer? You hear about, come on, we're going more than a conqueror. Yeah, but see, my kids' school, my kids' teachers, see, well, we don't have any money. Well, but Tim, but you don't know, growing up, I had a dad, and then here we go into the story about how giants are fortified, big descendants of a knock. You got to tell me how the walls of the city are fortified. And so I got to sit here and listen to your dad and your mom and what they did, and your dad never was at your ball games when you were growing up, and so now, 40 years later, you can't be happy. A doubting heart. You just won't let your heart believe that God could do this for you. I just doubt it will work. Right now, I can't be happy. Now, here's what I want to ask you. Is that you? The, the problem, the problem is, and the scripture talks about judging yourself so you won't have to be judged. See, the scripture talks about evaluating yourself. We just have a hard time evaluating ourselves. No, that's not me. Well, you might have to ask the person next to you. Is that me? Yeah, big time. <laughs> Number two, a distorted self-image. A distorted self-image. Verse 33, we even saw giants there, descendants of Anak, 
Now get this. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. All psychology studies show that we think others see us like we see ourselves. And so if you see yourself as a grasshopper, then you think everybody else sees yourself as a grasshopper. See, I'm ugly, and everybody thinks I'm ugly. See, I'm stupid, and everybody thinks I'm stupid. See, I can't, and everybody else thinks I can't. We, we always see ourselves in a certain light, whatever that is, and then we're going to see that all everybody else thinks that way about us. Now, here's what's really interesting. Hold your place there and flip over to Joshua. Y'all, y'all I, I don't have time to go into the whole story. But years later on, Joshua sends spies back in. Remember, they go in, they get up to Rahab's house. She hides them. Y'all know the story. Verse 8, Joshua 2. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. Now, get, now look at this. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We, are you here? Look at this. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror because we heard the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea. We know what God's done for y'all. And every, okay, hold your place right there with your finger. Flip back over to Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. We felt like grasshoppers and that's what they thought too. Flip back over to Joshua chapter 2. Everybody here is in fear and panic about you guys. We all know what God did. We all know what he did. We, my gosh, we're all terrorized. about. Okay, flip back over. We felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. <laughs> you got an evaluation problem. <laughs> that, that could not be further from the truth. You have number two, a distorted self-image. A distorted self. Well, I am Tim. I'm just not that smart. I'm just not that. God says you're an overcomer. God says you're more than a conqueror. God says you're the head, you're not the tail. God said you're blessed going out, you're blessed coming in. God said everything you put your yeah, but see, Tim, nothing works for me. Nothing's well, nothing ever really worked for my parents either. My grandparents were poor. Dad, he's poor, and I'm poor. I'll always be poor. I bet my kids are poor, too. Come on, we got a distorted self-image. Look at yourself and see yourself like God sees you. You are the head. You're not the tail. You're above. You're not beneath. And whatever I put my hand to, God's going to bless me. We're looking at characteristics of a grasshopper complex. Number one, you live in doubt. You live in doubt. Number two, you've got a wrong self-image. It's just distorted. And then number three is a double-minded heart. 
You're double-minded. See, these are people who know God. They've seen God. They experience God. Yet, when the giants get big, when the cities get fortified, now they know God and they see God, but yeah, over here. And and we live double-minded. Go to James chapter 1. Everybody's probably familiar with this, but let's just look at it. James chapter 1, verse 6. When you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Don't waver. It says, don't be double-minded. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Here's what gets me, verse 7. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and God. And the world. I I can't afford to act this way on Friday night and then act this way on Sunday morning. I I can't afford that. I got too much at stake. I'm believing God to do too much in my life for me to watch this kind of stuff on my computer, for me to dial up this site. And get involved in that. And then turn around and over here worshiping and praising God. And then that night into the porno channel. See, I I got too much at stake. Let not that person think he's going to receive anything from God. You, You can't have a foot in the heaven and a foot in the world and think you're going to straddle the fence in this thing. Come on, you got to sell out to God's plan for your life. Double-mindedness will never work for you. You you can't have a foot in the world and then over here. And over here, you're mouthing and running your mouth. And and then over here, you're worshiping God and you just love God. And I'm confessing God and I'm believing God. I'll tell you. Oh, I'm just trusting. Let not that person think you receive anything. You, you, you got, and here's another thing. They, and we don't have time, I got to move on. But, but you read all through this wilderness wondering, well, I just wish we'd go back to Egypt. I just wish we'd go back. Well, at least we had bread, at least we had meat. I just always, I wish we'd go back to Egypt. When you sell out to Jesus, what you got to do is, is, is you got to burn the boat. I can't get back and go back the other way. I'm all in. And this is from now on. I got to to burn that bridge. I can't cross back over in there. And it concerns me. It it really concerns me hearing Christians talk about, they start talking, what did you used to drink? Oh, man, we drink up. My gosh, that was something else. I tell you, I remember I got so plastered one night. I went... Okay, let's don't act like you forgot how miserable you were. Let's don't forget what that life was. Uh, see, we, we, you forgot how miserable you were in slavery. I mean, they were beating you. They were making you make all these bricks. Then they took away the, the ingredients and made you go find them yourself. You were under hard slave taskmasters. Don't forget where you were in Egypt, and tend to remember all, all, at least in Egypt, we had meat to eat. At least, don't, 
Don't look back on the world and your old life with some fantasy, fun times. Wasn't nothing fun about that. Don't get with buddies and talk about the kind of alcohol you used to drink, how you used to get plastered, how if I tell you, we, I mean, well, you remember that party? Yeah, I remember. Come on, I'm not doing that. That guy is dead. It's gone. That never happened for you. I'm all in here. A double-minded person, let, let not that guy think he's going to get anything from the Lord. Number four. And, and I think this is a big one. The desire for security. The, the spies were afraid they would be killed. And, and y'all heard me talk a lot about this. You, you can't let the fear of failure be greater than your desire to succeed. And that's what happens for so many. The fear of failure. See, Joshua and Caleb, let's go get it. The other guys were afraid that they might be defeated. But you can't in life let the fear of failure be greater than your desire to succeed. And we've got a desire for security. And, and even in, in all areas of life, it's not good but I'm not changing because it could be worse. At least, at least I'm making it here. At least I'm making it here. And, and we get so afraid. Well, and, and the spies, they were afraid they were going to be killed. So they wouldn't even go in at all and give God a chance to perform miracles for them. Don't be afraid to take on new challenges. Because, it, you know, it could go wrong for you. You could end up worse off than you are right now. And we take the path of least resistance and you end up never in the promised land where God has for you. R write this down. It's always easier to do nothing. And that's the option 10 out of 12 take. It's just always easier to do nothing. And that's what most take. Numbers chapter 14, verse 22. Not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they've tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. I want to see what God has for me. I, I want to see that. I want to see life, and I want to see life abundant. I want to live in joy. I want to live in peace. I want to see that. I want to live there. But my servant Caleb, he got a different spirit. He's got a different attitude, some of your translations say. He's got a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Again, verse 26. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I've heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. 
Now, you tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. Woo. Well, life doesn't work for me. I'll never be happy. Well, things just aren't going to turn out for me. Well, my life. Whoa, I'm going to do exactly what I heard him say. I'm going to do that. You will all drop dead in this wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you, 20 years old or older, was included in the registration, will die. You will not enter and occupy the land that I swore to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb and Joshua. I want to go back. One more time, and go over this, all of them had the same set of circumstances. All of them. All of them had the same giants. All of them had exactly the same obstacles. It's how you see yourself and how you see God. How you see God and how you see yourself. Here's four characteristics of a grasshopper complex. Number one, doubt. Number two, a distorted self-image. Number three, double-mindedness. And number four, a desire for security. Until you get an unwillingness. And I think that's what happened for me years ago. I got an unwillingness to settle for less. I just got an unwillingness to settle for less. You'll never have a great marriage. I got an unwillingness to buy that. I, I'm just not going to buy that. See, you will never have, you will never, see, you can't be happy. You can't enjoy life. I got an unwillingness to buy that. And I got a desire to possess every single thing that God has for me. I don't want to leave anything on the table that I could have had. So I, God had this for me, but because I doubted, because I was double-minded, because I was unwilling. See, I, I don't want to let anything keep me from life and life abundant. I'm not living, taking a bunch of medication, just trying to emotionally get through my day. I'm rolling up my sleeves and I'm saying, I'm going to live blessed. I'm going to live blessed. Your kids may take a different route. Your grandkids may take a different route. Your neighbors may take a different route. But I'm going to tell you what. I am going to be blessed. You're looking at somebody that's going to have a fun day tomorrow. If you're looking for a fun day, just come follow me around because I'm going to be having one. And, well, Tim, but look what just happened. It's not going to alter my enjoyment of today. It's just not going to alter my enjoyment of today. I'm not going to be stolen from. Not by anybody. No giant is going to steal my joy. First step, an unwillingness to settle for less. Second step is a willingness to put forth the effort and change. Do something about it. Do something about it. How many unhappy marriages have I invited to the marriage seminar? Well, it costs too much. Well, I can't take off work. No, we can't go. I recommend a book. I'm just not a good reader. I tell you, I'm not a good reader. Then just have a crummy marriage. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so 
see, you've got to have a willingness to do something about where you are. Come on. I'm not going to be robbed of joy. I'm going to come to a place where life's going to be good for me. And I hate it for you, but life's going to be good for me. You put forth the effort to change. Joshua 3.10. Today, you will know that the living God is among you. Y'all stand. I'm telling you now, if you're going to stay in this church, you're going to move out of the wilderness and you're going to live blessed. You're unhappy, you're miserable, I'm just going to come start beating on you. You're going to be happy. You're going to have a good life and you're going to have a smile. You're going to enjoy. You're going to be blessed. We're not wallowing around here. Low as a snake's belly in a wagon rut. Come on, we're going to get happy about life. And if you're in this church, you're going to be blessed. You're going to walk in all that God has for you. Lord, tonight we thank you for your provisions. We thank you for the promised land. And Lord, we're rolling up our sleeves. And we're going to defeat every giant that is keeping us out of having a great day tomorrow. We love you. We honor you. And we thank you for giving us the promised land. Now, we're going to be Joshua and Caleb. We're going to go get it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.